Welcome to the Infernal Empire. Feel the burn. Dark greetings. Welcome to the voice of the Infernal Empire. I'm your host, Emissary Zariel. Pronouns he, him, his. Yet, the incarnate Infernal Empress, Diana Trevia Lucifera, encoded with the mission of Uwazarel, Thomiel's third emissary of the name, for this rare incarnation during the end times. I'm a rebel child of El and eternal royal spice of my brother Lucifer. I'm here to help set free captives, assist dark children of the Infernal Empire in ascension, to stand for the names associated with the throne, i.e. Satan, Lucifer, Hashatan, etc., and others, to proclaim the times and describe phenomena associated with the incarnative infernals. I'm also the founding high priest of the Draconian Order of Black Magi on this side of the veil. This is a bi-weekly podcast uploaded by 11.11pm Pacific Time on Saturdays, alternating weekly between audio and YouTube. Thusly, the YouTube version of this episode will be uploaded next weekend. In the meantime, join the Facebook group, The Voice of the Infernal Empire News and Suggestion Box, to offer episode ideas. Is there something you want me to cover? If I like your suggestion, if it's suitable for the podcast and I'm able to cover it, I'll do my best. Note that you must be 18 or your local age of majority for this podcast. There is mature content, including language. Join me, won't you, for most unusual time. Greetings, welcome to Season 2, Episode 5, The Luciferian New World Order, Child Safety in a Changing World. I was going to talk about Sin Cities as well as Child Safety, but I decided that I'm going to talk about Child Safety in this episode because it turned out to be a longer topic than I expected, and I wanted to make a regular size episode for a change. They've been very long lately. Give you guys a bit of a break. So I'm going to talk about Sin Cities in the next episode. And then I'm going to take some time off. I have upcoming surgery, and I need some time as well in November for working on writing. And there is going to be a bit of time off for Saturnalia. I don't know if you're aware of Saturnalia, but it's an awesome time to celebrate being of the Blacklight Path rather than Christmas. You can incorporate Yule into it, the winter solstice. It's usually the 21st or the 22nd solstice. You know, and and consider it, especially if if you're very connected to uh, gods such as Kernanos or Pan. Especially with Pan and Zazazel, too. Saturnalia is... Well, it's a very hedonistic festival way back. And this year, it is from December 17th to the 23rd. Okay, so there's a little homework for you. Um... Before to do the, the Sin Cities episode, you can look up Saturnalia if you are not familiar with it. Saturn is in the planet with A-L-I-A, Saturnalia. What I like to do is be as hedonistic as I possibly can, just be in touch with my more free nature and, you know, if I have any shadow work to do, do some shadow work, uh, watch whatever I want to watch, um, take time for myself, meditate, there are all that kinds of things you can do. Of course, eat wonderful food, drink, be merry. If you're able to have orgies safely, then wow, go for it. You know? Oh, yes. And pomegranates. Pomegranate 
as a closest thing to the food of the gods to ambrosia. Now, there's a story behind that, and you might want to look that up too. It's going to probably gross you out. <laughs> yeah, look up the pomegranate. Make sure you get yourself a pomegranate. Understand what it means. And uh, yeah, Saturnalia. What I do too is I put up the Yule tree because so-called Christmas trees are actually pagan. They're not Christmas trees. I don't put an angel on the top, for example. I have a star on the top. Santa's cool, right? But obviously with the Christian stuff, nothing is going on there. People say Merry Christmas to me and I'm like, dude, I'm a Luciferian Satanist priest. Why are you saying Merry Christmas to me? <laughs> this is not my holiday. I celebrate Saturnalia. I celebrate Yule and Saturnalia. It's the winter solstice, man. It's hedonism and the winter solstice. Yeah. So that's your homework for before the next episode. If you're not familiar with Saturnalia, to look up that holiday and what it's about. Also, before I start this episode, speaking of holidays, uh, I want to remind you about the upcoming global ritual in Samhain. It's a global gate-opening ritual that the Dark Gods want you to do. If you are capable of doing this, please do it. It's in order to do a blood covenant uh, reversal against the Abrahamic covenant, put the black light gods back in control of this planet. It is a big deal. Okay. The dark gods do an awful lot for you guys. Those of you who do magics, those of you who make money from doing things like divination, you should be on this like flies on flypaper. Okay. Like white on rice. This is a way to give back and a way to improve your future and the future of this planet. It's a big deal. So go to the draconianorder.com slash rituals, or just go to the draconianorder.com, and there is now the rituals page on there. I was going to call it an events page, and it's, I know it's better to just call it the rituals page. So any upcoming rituals that the dark gods are calling for, which are probably going to be things like gate opening rituals, will be posted there with details. Okay? So let's get talking about child safety in a changing world. And what I'd like you to do is understand this episode before you listen to the next one on Sin Cities. Because often what people do, when you talk about hedonism in society, you talk about sexual freedom, uh, public nudity, and things like that. But what about the children? The children always get dragged into it. They get used as excuses by far-right individuals who want to control society because of their self-righteousness and their ideas of what is right and wrong. And it's all about control. And it doesn't help. So, just to satisfy any little itty-bitty part of anybody who may be worried about child safety, especially if you haven't heard me talk about this before in Season 1, I'll be going deeper into it in this episode. Stay tuned. Please note that this is not a white light program. Any comments that are insulting or have to do with so-called God posted on YouTube will be ignored. All comments on YouTube are moderated. Child safety in a changing world. This is actually in the book before the infernal human rights. An example of a universal law is concerning parenthood. If a person brings another person into that world, the parent is responsible for that child until the child is old enough to take care of itself. Usually in human life, that is typically 18 years old, regardless of the child's behavior. That is, unless the child is behaving illegally, according to universal law, not parental idea as to what is right and what is wrong. 
it's more apparent than ever that old Victorian era morals don't work. They didn't work. I don't know. And that being overly coddling as a reaction to that isn't good either, and that society needs guidance, not only in raising children, but in rethinking how to conduct themselves if this world is ever to be truly free. As usual, I'll be challenging common ideas in a controversial manner and presenting new possibilities. How many of us do not even think for ourselves? How prevalent is it that parents teach their children what to think instead of how to think? How prevalent is it that adults program into children how to feel and even wrongly tell them that some feelings are wrong, when in fact feelings are not wrong or right because feelings are not a moral issue, they simply are. Old Victorian-era white light ideas included punishment based upon the ecclesiastical excuse of spare the rod and spoil the child, add to that children must be seen and not heard, that children must obey their parents regardless of why demands are made, and the Old Testament law that we should respect our parents regardless of how abusive they might be. All of these must stop being used. Such ideas rob the young of necessary empowerment so that they are victimized later in life and cannot live healthy lives alone. When children are raised by parents who have such ideals and enforce them, the children not only lack healthy self-determination, trust in themselves and self-respect, but find others who will treat them as badly as their parents did, repeating the pattern. If the pattern is still not stopped, their children will have the same problems. Unfortunately, Generation X parents and later, uh, who reacted to their older parents, uh, well, in having the right idea of stopping some of the bad patterns and cycles, they also became too coddling, so now there are younger people who are overly sensitive and can't cope. When a parent demands something of a child, and that child asks why, that parent must answer the child with more than just, because I said so. Without appropriate context, a child does not learn how to think, and thusly does not develop critical thinking skills necessary for growth and success later on in life. The only times explanations should not be made are emergency situations where an immediate obedience can save lives. Having children is not about puffing up your ego, even though it is for legacy and continuing the species. Rather, it's about bringing someone new into the world for them to enjoy life as much as possible while they grow into someone who can improve themselves and make the world a better place in the process. Martial Arts for All All community and sports facilities should have whatever they need in order to function properly. Specialized martial arts centers will be paid for by the system, and everyone in school must learn martial arts, including the spiritual and self-development aspects of it. I suspect that parents might worry about their children becoming violent, but how you raise them will help determine what they do with their energy and drive. No government-paid center can be only competition-oriented. It is my opinion that schools which focus on competition and lack character development training and spiritual development create ego-based students who never become masters of their whole selves. It's even more dangerous for children who may become bullies, or if already bullies, give them more powerful weapons to use in their violence. Not being a parent of human children, I can only observe and listen to those who are, and accurately assess the issues I ended up with due to bad parenting. If you're a parent, I ask you these questions. Are these your attitudes? Do you think the following thoughts? I'm in charge of my child's learning. I decide what my child is and is not ready for. If you answered yes to either of these, you're going to have a problem if you don't already have one.
The reality is that the former is only partially true, and the latter is completely incorrect and not true. You're only partly in control of your child's learning because your child will learn from other places and other sources. Sex education is a hot topic these days, so it'll be part of my example as to why kids need martial arts training that is excellent and how important it is to be able to accurately discern what they can and cannot handle in all areas of life. As for the latter, if your child is naturally ready for something sexual that you do not give them the information for at a level that matches that readiness, they become not ready even though they should have been. If your focus is upon deciding what they are ready for and when, you sacrifice your ability to actually observe and correctly discern what they're really ready for, because you think you already know. It's a delusion. Also, they're ready or not ready regardless of what you think about it. Accurately ascertaining that readiness is the real task, not making demands upon readiness itself. For example, a young person's body may be saying something and their brain development level driving them toward it, and you're not in agreement with reality. That is probably due to placing moral value on things such as sex so that you're not properly preparing your child in time. That's why I recommend sex education starting as early as possible in an age-appropriate manner. Pretending that children are not ready or cannot handle certain things is a denial of reality that will cause problems later on. The fact of the matter is that if a child's learning matches their biology, and that means their brain and their bodies rather than what parents do or do not want them to be ready for, they will be appropriately ready if they have the education that matches their natural readiness rather than what parents want or expect. If they're raised to think for themselves, respect themselves, understand their feelings, know what their boundaries are and set them and have proper education, they will make wiser decisions. Reality is what matters. Then there's a question about how male children would turn out. So we have a terrible epidemic of gun violence, especially mass shootings right now. If they are circumcised, apparently, according to a PhD who wrote a book on circumcision, there will be references in the New World Order book. Males who are in cultures where their circumcision is prevalent, they are more violent towards women. I add that rather than a nurturing bond between mother and son, the child becomes trauma-bonded by the abuser. Whatever love that child has for the mother is going to be a trauma bond rather than a nurturing and loving kind of trust because the trust was broken very early, but they will need to bond regardless for survival. I suspect by personal observation that those who don't become physically abusive become mama's boys. A mama's boy is extremely bonded to someone who may or may not be a dominant mother and later ends up in relationships where, and if they themselves are not physically abusive, they are extremely controlling to try to counter what they experienced in childhood, or they do what abuse survivors often do, find a partner who is like the abusive parent, or, if healthier, a feminine partner who is very dominant if not controlling in a harmful manner. On a subconscious level, they deeply do not trust females. No matter how they praise women, and want them to have better positions in society. Why should they when the one who was supposed to protect them did not do that, but did the opposite? According to that PhD, after circumcision, they cry a lot, some refuse to feed, the proper bond is lost, the mother feels it, and that bond never comes back. Just to compound matters further, children are exposed to increasingly brutally violent imagery in film and television, besides the video games and graphics and video games are becoming more realistic. I'm not saying that censoring any of it is a good idea. I'm saying that the message is terrible concerning censorship. 
Why is there stronger censorship concerning sex and far less concerning violence? If you had an easier availability to get guns, you now have a dangerous combination. What's going to happen to a young man whose prefrontal cortex isn't developed enough yet so he can't properly discern risk? We're circumcised in, as an infant so he doesn't know proper bonding, is exposed to brutal imagery or real violence, has no access to appropriate mental health care, has easy access to guns, is growing up in a culture where mass shooters are more common, was coddled by his parents and can't cope, and possibly even has parents who try to guilt him about his sexuality, whatever that may be, and he's not expressing himself sexually in an age-appropriate manner. The censorship he experiences glorifies violence and demonizes sex, even to those who are legally allowed to participate in sex themselves. People wonder why young men are having problems. White light ideas and far-right politicians pushing those ideals are destroying these young people. Heavens forbid that he masturbates and watches porn, but guns should be easy to get and everyone should have one? Am I insane or does that not sound like a recipe for disaster? Such phenotypal males are more likely to be resentful and angry, especially toward females, have unrealistic training concerning what they are and are not ready for, to be increasingly violent, cannot cope, and be full of rage. I predict that the more rage, the worse it's going to get and the more mass shootings they're going to be. When you have a situation of censorship against sex and you combine it with repression, poor sexual release, and a glorification of violence, where's all that rage going to go? Where are all those feelings going to go? That's my opinion anyway. Every child must have a means of getting physical exercise, if physically able, and learn self-discipline, self-control, self-defense, chi, energy control, the importance of being decent citizens, and fairness. Self-defense must include martial arts philosophy that teaches how to do the least harm possible in a self-defense scenario. Learning how to manipulate chi and feel it also adds a significant advantage in reading other people and their intentions. Christians think it's demonic because they were never taught their, how their own energy systems work. It's entirely neutral and charged only by intention, will, and direction. While it is used in magic, it's also used in feeling a presence in the room which may be invisible to the human eye because it is outside of the light spectrum human eyes can see. And you can better sense when someone close by has bad intentions or wants something from you that you don't want to give. The easiest way I can describe chi is that it's like the blood of your soul-spirit complex. Children are far more sensitive to outside energy than adults who have turned their senses off. So getting them into understanding it and how to work with it and read it, if they keep it up as they grow up, it gives them a definite advantage because it's harder to learn when you get older. I highly recommend not only teaching children about emotions, but how to put an energy bubble around themselves with that chi first thing when they get up. Not only does that help in practicing work with their own energy, but it leads to their awareness of their own personal space, their own boundaries, and what it feels like when someone is too close and makes them uncomfortable due to that other person's energy or just personal preference concerning distance. They need to understand why it's important, not just learn the mechanics of how to do the bubble. All children from as young as possible need to be taught what personal boundaries are and how to set them also. Rather than being coached against any kind of touch, they will be taught in school to be sensitive to how they feel and how to trust their instincts. 
Rather than being coddled and treated like they aren't sexual beings at all, in school they'll be taught age-appropriate sex education, including the proper names of body parts, what to expect as their bodies develop, and not being ashamed for anything. Do you think that children in indigenous tribes wherein adults are nude are somehow harmed by it? Modern Western society has bizarre ideas that don't help anyone. So-called innocence is a dangerous myth. Children must not be coddled or they will be unprepared to deal with predatory behavior of others and won't be able to properly discern what is and isn't abusive. Telling children what to think and what to feel or not feel sets them up for disaster. It doesn't help them understand what they feel and what to do with their feelings, and they can't read people either. They need to understand emotions and how to cope with them and how to read others. They need to be able to reliably trust themselves and learn how to think and how to assess situations they find themselves in. Demanding they obey adults and people in positions of authority doesn't help them either. It sets them up to trust even those who shouldn't be trusted and makes them more easily coercible. Because this is a secular system, no personal morals or religious beliefs or parents or guardians can interfere in this education because it properly prepares the children for real life. There is no room for wishful thinking and ridiculous fantasies about what children can handle, what they might or will do, etc. The only chance children have is to become wise. Puberty is now being reached earlier than ever and nothing can be done to change that. Therefore, real solutions must be considered. Girls are experiencing it as early as 8 years old and boys 10. They must be prepared as early as possible for that as well and to learn how to be safe. Therefore, early basic sex education must include warnings about feelings of attachment. You know, if, if they do participate in any kind of sexual activity that they're more likely to feel attached to the person and to be prepared for that. Because that is really the issue, isn't it? The thing that I think parents worry about. If they're not worried about STDs, they're worried about their kids being brokenhearted and hurt, right? They need to learn that what happens is a feeling of attachment and that that attachment feeling can lead you to feel like you're falling in love with the person. So they need to learn to be prepared for that and when they get older that they'll be able to shut that down. And of course they need to learn self-control. If they're getting involved in martial arts and learning self-control early in martial arts, it'll help them with self-control in other areas of their life. So, therefore, early basic sex education must include warning about feelings of attachment and safer sex practices starting at age 7. No matter how terribly early that seems, brain is working well enough, the personality is developed fully, they are capable of at least thinking basically about what is right and what is wrong for them on a very basic level. So no matter how terribly early that seems, society cannot afford to ignore what is going on. Regardless of what parents believe about their children, there's always a possibility that they are experimenting early or that someone has approached them, whether in their own age group, older children, or adults. It's better they know how to be safe. Not teaching them is far riskier. Having an experience they don't know about and therefore don't understand is not healthy and can cause emotional harm from confusion and shame that they shouldn't have to feel especially if parents teach them it's wrong. There's no such thing as wrong touch. That is a concept which oversimplifies it. There is touch by someone you don't want touching you. There is touch at the wrong time. There is touch that makes you uncomfortable regardless of what part of your body it is on. Do you understand? 
Putting the word wrong in front of the word touch is a very bad idea. Teach them about figuring out what it is that makes them uncomfortable and why. My advice is to help them become aware of their own energy, to pay attention to their own feelings. When they do learn their own boundaries, do respect them rather than saying, give your uncle a kiss or let your grandmother hug you. Otherwise, if they feel uncomfortable and you run roughshod over their boundaries, they will learn that their boundaries aren't useful, aren't important, and even may start second-guessing their own discernment. If you want your children to be safe, you can't let that happen to the best of your ability. Reasonable age of consent. I brought this up in season one, and of course I, I brought it up in the previous episode to this. Uh, and because law is a topic along with a new way of living, it needs to be mentioned again. The reasonable age of consent in this era is 12. Most young people have started puberty by then, as I said, even as early as age 8 for girls and 10 for boys. So age of consent laws must change along with how young ones are prepared. They need to understand sex pheromones, and anyone of any age affected by that is not abnormal. And this is where it gets a little bit strange for some people, where they don't understand this, because the term pedophilia is thrown around a lot, and it's inaccurately applied. Now, most people are not attracted to prepubescent children, and most people are not attracted even to really young teenagers. But some people are, and there's a reason for that. It's a biological reason. It's more common for people to be attracted to individuals closer to their age, but laws right now make it difficult for young people to even be together, if both want it. Hebophilia, that is the attraction to young people who are early in their early teens to mid-teens. So somebody like uh, Michael Jackson, for example, he was not a pedophile, he was a hebophile, okay? If hebophilia is to be considered a real thing. Personally, I don't think it is. I don't think it's a paraphilia, uh, because... It is natural. As long as it is natural because the body is giving off sex pheromones, it's not a paraphilia. It's biology, okay? It is a paraphilia if it is going on before the body is giving off sex hormones, which are called pheromones, okay? Pedophilia is about prepubescent children. So a 16-year-old being uh, somebody who is like, say, uh, 21, being with somebody who is 15 is not a pedophile. You got to get this out of your vocabulary society. You're screwing things up big time and you're actually making light of actual pedophilia. You're making light of, uh, even rape is, is made light of because people are calling a whole bunch of things sexual assault, even if they're not. You need to understand and use terms correctly, okay? Because it actually causes more danger than it does good when you start throwing terms around that don't apply. It also can cause mass hysteria and all kinds of mob mentality behavior. I'm not saying that a 30-year-old should be chasing a 12-year-old. What I'm saying is that society has to rethink all these issues and toss ideas on laws that do not work, some of them that even make things worse. Such as when, you know, a young person, uh, say, there's a 17-year-old boy or girl sexting with someone who's 15 and, and ends up getting charged and having this criminal record for it. It's just ridiculous. This stuff has to stop. A long time ago, when people had shorter lifespans and there weren't multiple birth control methods that there were that were very effective, like they were using things like sheepskin condoms and stuff, girls were married early. Now that puberty is getting earlier, not later, the excuse that we live longer, I've heard this one before. Oh, the age of consent should be 
Uh, older because we live longer now. Makes no sense whatsoever. Appropriate age didn't just magically become higher, especially since puberty is much younger. Grant proper education and teach young people to think for themselves, to create and keep healthy boundaries based upon how they feel, to trust their instincts and themselves, and in learning self-defense. They will not only make wiser decisions, but be better able to handle themselves through their lives when parents or guardians aren't around anymore. Parents, religious organizations, and governments being control freaks isn't helping them. The argument I received from a friend when I brought up the age of consent thing is that of brain development. However, the part of the brain that is developed to properly assess any risk is the prefrontal cortex, and that does not finish development until age 25, and in some males, 27. Therefore, current laws aren't doing anything productive or helpful. Why age of consent laws were ever changed was most likely due to parents not wanting to raise their children's children, especially since we've got more often than not, we've got two parents who are working now, right? So who's going to take care of the kid's kid? I mean, it's lucky there's daycare, but, you know, that's going to get expensive and there's going to be people who can't afford that. And, and you know, the thing goes on and on, right? And girls getting proper education when they didn't used to, you know, a long time ago, they didn't get used to get ed- proper education. Some countries, they still don't. So they're getting careers and so they're holding off getting pregnant. Also, there are misguided religious notions as if age of consent laws are Christian or even biblical, when in fact there is nothing in the Bible about it. And in fact, their God told the Israelites to conquer lands and take the young virgin girls for themselves. And, by the way, to rape the women. Apparently, Mary was 14, besides. So it's time for the religious right wing to get off their high horses and wake up to reality. Their ideas are not changing reality, it's delusional to think that they will. Their delusions and wishful thinking do not make their children safer, they endanger them. Prohibition does not work, never worked, and never will. By the way, speaking of children's safety, please stop allowing your children to scream bloody murder in shopping malls and on the streets for no good reason. It's like we Gen X folks and younger started doing this weird combination of coddling and making them oversensitive and letting them get away with annoying public behavior that is not only annoying to hear but is dangerous for them. Why is it dangerous? Who will listen and act when someone is actually attacking them or grabbing them off the street and you're not there? Think about it. Teach them to scream on amusement park rides, in their backyards or playgrounds when they're having fun, and only to scream like they're being tortured if they're in real danger. Otherwise, they might scream when in real trouble and be completely ignored. What do you do when things go wrong? How free are we really if children are treated as chattel by their parents or guardians? They own their children kind of attitude, like my parents had. Or spouses are treated as chattel by their spouses. True freedom and safety includes safety of children who were already born. Since no one can really agree universally on when a soul enters a fetus, human rights must be granted only to those we know have souls, and that is those who have been born. And there's also the matter of universal law and infernal law as applied to human rights, as I got into in the infernal law and human rights in the last episode. The age 18 has nothing to do with age of majority or even adulthood, but rather reasonable expectation that the child has a better chance of survival outside of the home unless it becomes moot due to abuse in the home. Abuse in this context includes non-consensual sex, beating, mental or emotional torment, or forcing of religious ideas, i.e. spiritual abuse. In such cases, they have the right to seek housing elsewhere, and there needs to be shelter for them, good shelter 
not crappy places where they need to flee from. That is, there must be universally paid for and provided shelter for persons under the age of 18 who can no longer safely stay at home for one reason or another. There should be no such thing as a street kid. In fact, the idea that there is any homelessness anywhere in the world proves how poorly society is functioning the way it is around the world in so-called civilization. Younger people in genuine trouble as determined by them must be listened to, and they need the right vocabulary in order to describe what is happening. This is why you need to teach them proper body part language. Parents and guardians can give other adults the impression that the child is the problem. Like say the child goes and complains to another adult that there's abuse going on at home, that parent or guardian can give the other adults the impression that the child is the problem. The adults may seem like good and decent people and be completely capable of deception. There are parents and guardians who hate looking bad to the outside world. They will do and say anything, including throwing their children under the proverbial bus in order to save face. Typically, abusers never think they're being abusive either. Rather, it's discipline or the child makes them do it, provoking them to anger. The sex education controversy. Fears concerning early education and gender and sex are ridiculous and unfounded. People being gay or teaching young people about diverse sexualities and genders does not make them of those groups and does not encourage it. It does, however, encourage them to recognize what is going on around them and to think about what is going on within themselves. Thinking about what's going on inside of yourself is healthy and necessary. It helps them to see diversity and accept it rather than being ignorant, potentially becoming violent. You teach them against it or you teach them anything at all that makes it seem like it's wrong and you censor it. What happens is you end up with violent bullies beating up other kids and they grow into violent bullies who end up killing and attacking gay people. That is what this anti-sex education crap is fostering. With guidance, any young person gaining such an education will become who they are, not what other people want them to be. And that includes parents, religious leaders, etc. Therefore, a child being in a classroom learning about homosexuality, bisexuality, transgender, etc. would only become any of those things if they already are. Teaching children about transgenderism is not encouraging them to change gender. What I am going to say now is harsh but necessary. Oddly enough, in claiming that such education encourages young people to be gay, transgender, etc., what those far-right people are saying is that being gay or transgender is so desirable that anybody would want it if they even find out about it, especially their apparently stupid children who haven't been taught how to think, but rather what to think. They're dismissing that young people grow up and make their own decisions later on as well. You cannot make a tiger a leopard or change stripes to spots. This is not a lifestyle. None of it is. There are straight young people who in this era refuse to have sex before marriage because that is their choice, not because somebody told them that it's what they must do. Personally, I don't understand why they'd want to abstain, but it's their choice. What are the real issues concerning age and sexual behavior? Society must learn to deal with things in ways that work. And that will never happen if people keep burying their heads in the sand. So in conclusion, I posit that the issues are as follows. Adults in modern society put children and youth itself on a pedestal. There is a mythical innocence that adults are trying to hold on to in their children when in fact it does not exist to begin with. Adults lie to themselves and each other about what children can and cannot handle or even understand. 
Adults lie to themselves and each other about what their children are actually now doing or will soon do, whether they, the adults, know about it or not. Adults have certain programming concerning what is right and what is wrong, as well as how much control they should have over what their children do or do not do. Adults live with a myth that making rules keeps their children safe when in fact they make the children even more curious and more likely to break them. If a child is not thoroughly and properly educated concerning their own body, the bodies of others including adults, as well as sex including procreation, pleasure, bonding and play, and how to create and keep their own boundaries, they will no doubt be taken by surprise by someone who will take advantage of their lack of knowledge. There is no universal age of consent law in the world in late 2022 because it is so controversial and often censored. I wouldn't be surprised if this episode, or even my entire podcast, ends up censored at some point, if this far-right crap continues. Anyone daring to speak about what is natural will be looked upon as a barbarian and a pervert. The topic then goes around in circles, and no one ever figures anything out. What good does that do? So the result has been that age of consent laws are not protecting anyone, because people will do what they will do, and laws do not stop them. Civilized people are kidding themselves if they think otherwise. The average age of puberty has been lower over time, and is now as early as 8 for females and 10 for males. Therefore, parents need to adjust to this fact and teach their children sooner than what was appropriate in past generations. If a child is not educated properly and is shamed, i.e. that sex is only for marriage, is wrong, dirty, sinful, etc., that child is even less likely to talk about it with parents when it happens, even if raped. Body shaming, sex shaming, dress style shaming, masturbation shaming, gender and sexual orientation shaming, and having sexual feelings shaming only cause emotional, mental, and sexual problems in the bedroom later on in life, and in the meantime can even cause self-harming or suicide. If more divergent in orientation, it also makes children more vulnerable to not being able to handle bullies, and it can make children into bullies. Normalization of nudity. Normalization of nudity, masturbation, and eventually when older, sex of most kinds will help children become more better adjusted as laws change and people in society become healthier and more well-adjusted and less neurotic. Sex education starting as early as possible is recommended starting with proper names for body parts right away. Lacking appropriate vocabulary is not helpful in communication from the child to the parent or even a doctor if anything is wrong whatsoever. Imagine your daughter has a yeast infection has no way of knowing it isn't even good for her or how to describe what's going on when talking to a doctor. The fact is, if not properly educated enough and early enough by parents, the child may learn by being abused or by getting into or reading porn or learn it from friends. Well, that's how it went in my case anyway. We need nature-based secular laws, biology-based secular laws, and each person is unique as to development of all kinds. Parents need to keep healthy communication with their children understand them as individuals, and make better choices in raising them. Shutting them down from certain knowledge due to false assumptions isn't helping them or society, and they will eventually be fully released into that society, whether the new world order occurs in their lifetimes or not. What is important is to make educated, informed decisions, and to understand things for the way they are, and not the way other people want you to perceive them. If everyone who hears this podcast 
and or reads the book, believes and embraces what I'm saying without thinking it through, you're missing the point. Please note that this is not a white light program. Any comments that are insulting or have to do with so-called God posted on YouTube will be ignored. All comments on YouTube are moderated. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at the TheArtistR, that is Z-A-R, and on Facebook, follow the pages for the Draconian Order of Black Magi and Zariel and the Voice of the Infernal Empire. News will also be posted there. The podcast is now available via the draconianorder.com directly, Anchor, Spotify, Amazon, Audible, Podvine, and Apple Podcasts. You can support the cost of operating the order website, software required for everything I do, and my work itself by subscribing and liking the YouTube version, spreading the word, and purchasing items from the Infernal Shop, my music, or via DeviantArt, my art. In the Infernal Shop, there are high-quality black t-shirts featuring my digital art, some sigils, including more accurate sigils for Lucifer, Zazazel, and Anubis, stuff featuring me for fans, satanic themes, the podcast itself, and album covers. You'll also find unique mugs, stickers, posters, iPhone cases, the entire album music for the Empire in an exclusive package, and a PDF ebook that I write, and more. You can access all info about the order, the shop, and all of my works via the draconianorder.com. Thank you for your support and darkest blessings. <laughs>